In this episode, we look at the need to connect. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps. Big change. episode of Tiny Leaps. Big changes where I share simple research-backed strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and there is a fundamental need for human connection. This is something that I think we all know on some level. We all need, we crave connection to other people, connection to the community around us, connection to the group that we identify as part of, or rather a need for a group to identify as part of. In fact, in his first book, UCLA psychology professor Matthew Lieberman calls it, quote, our brain's lifelong passion. And he goes on to say that it's, quote, been baked into our operating system for tens of millions of years. It's something that we can't avoid, but it's really easy to feel like we can avoid it because it's really hard. And honestly, it's something that we have to push through, something that we have to get for ourselves. It's a fundamental need, but it is really, really difficult. And as a result, it's easy to just sort of like turtle up and feel like, well, you know what? I don't need it or uh, it's just not for me or I'm just I'm an introvert. So maybe it, like I don't need it as much. And no matter how introverted you are, unfortunately, you do still need it. Trust me, I'm speaking from experience there. And it's only getting harder because of increases in, quite honestly, technology, tools that are designed to make us more social. Things like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of these social media platforms, they are filled with faux conversation, faux authenticity, and faux connection. It's about making you feel connected even though you're not. Yes, you might know what's going on, but that doesn't mean you're actually connected to that person in any sort of meaningful way, at least not meaningful as it relates to our psychology. And of course, the other thing making it more difficult than ever before is the ongoing pandemic. We are in a global pandemic that is causing us to all go more and more internal, to stay away from people around us and connect less purely out of the need for safety. So connecting with others has gotten harder than ever before. And this is something that's really showing its face in my life recently. It's something that I've been truly struggling with that I want to share with you today, because I think that there can be some lessons learned in that struggle, but only if we're willing to sort of face it and talk through what it is that we've dealt with. But before I get into it, I do want to let you know, in the interest of improving connection, in the interest of giving you a community and a space to connect more authentically with people like you, 
I created a Discord community recently. It's for listeners of this podcast, listeners of the Happy Brain podcast, and future listeners of all of our future network shows. Inside the community, you can connect with other people who are interested in personal development, who listen to our shows. And so you have a mutual context, something I'm going to talk about here in a second. But you can also connect with us, the hosts. You can connect with myself. You can connect with Heather Parody from Happy Brain and all of the future hosts of our future shows. So I encourage you to join us. Head over to tlbc.co slash community to learn more or click the link in the description of this episode. So let's talk through this. Uh, you may already know if you've been listening to this show for more than a, a year now, you may know that a few years ago, uh, maybe it's like three now, I moved from New York City, where I'd lived for about 10 years, to New Hampshire with Rachel, my fiance. And the reason we moved is so that she could pursue a PhD program that she had been accepted to. And it, it's sort of like, a, you know, let's spend a few years here. She's going to advance her career and pursue the things she wants to pursue. And at the time, and still to this day, my work was completely remote. I work for myself and work out of the home. And, and I did when I was in New York City as well. And so the logistics of packing up and moving to another state like really weren't that hard. If anything, I'm saving a lot of money that I really didn't need to be spending in New York City. So it made sense logistically. It made sense from like a process perspective. But of course, it also made sense from a this is my partner. This is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. And I want to be there to support her and help her when she's struggling in this program that is is difficult. And we knew it was going to be difficult from the start. So like many others out there, we packed up, we moved and we moved to a place that we had no existing connections. We had nobody that we knew. There, it's not like there was family or friends that lived here. Our closest relatives are about three hours away, which isn't insanely long, but does make it difficult to just pop over for a visit. So we packed up and we moved. And in the beginning, I told myself that I was just going to stay close with my friends from New York City. We we're going to connect online. Um, a lot of my my colleagues and work-based friends were online anyway, so not that much was going to change there. I would stay close with my family, of course, even though it was a longer drive, I'd still make that drive as often as I could. And I would make new friends when it made sense to. When I found somebody that I connected with, it would just sort of naturally happen. This is what I came into the situation thinking. And for those of you who've gone through something similar, you already know how this story ends. It was not that simple. It was not that easy. In fact, it's been one of the hardest struggles that I've had to deal with. I won't say hardest because that will still be and, and will be for the foreseeable future uh, struggling when my father passed away. So this is nothing in comparison to that. But as far as regular day-to-day -day life goes, this is difficult. It's way more difficult than I thought it was going to be. So the first thing that happened that really shocked me, it really helped me realize how hard this was going to be, is that you very quickly realize that the friends that you're connected with, the people that you knew when you were in your old area, you were able to meet regularly and chat and build long-term deep relationships with, those are still there and you still connect with them and it still feels fine. But you very quickly become the odd one out because the rest of your friend group 
is able to meet in person. The rest of your friend group is able to create new inside jokes and new little moments that you aren't a part of. And so every single time that you make time for them and they make time for you through a Zoom call or FaceTime or whatever it might be, every single time you do that, it feels like you're just catching up. It feels like you're in this perpetual cycle of figuring out what happened since you last spoke because you're not a part of the day-to-day anymore. You're not a part of those tiny little moments. And those moments, it turns out, matter way more than you realized because they're closer than they were when you were in the city. Now, if you were there, if you were still back where you came from with them, you would be close too, but you're not. And so before you know it, they're much closer to each other than they were before. And then you will ever be able to be again because you've missed out on those moments. And when that realization dawns on you, you start to feel sad and you start to feel frustrated and alone Because you realize this group that you love and that you want to be a part of, it's just not possible in the same way anymore. And of course, you stay connected, you do what you can, but it's never going to feel quite the same. Now, the second big thing that popped up for me, the second big thing I noticed that I didn't recognize before is that most of the people you're connected to, and I say you're because I'm willing to bet this is true for you as well, outside of family, Most of the people you're connected to come with some mutual context. Maybe you met them in school. That was your mutual context. There was this bond that you all went to the same school or you were all in school at the same time, even if it wasn't the same exact school. That mutual context made it easier to connect. Maybe you met them through work. That's your mutual context. Maybe you met them through your weekly poker night, whatever it might be. There's a mutual context, a reason for you to be in the same room and to meet. And then from there, it gives you that safety in knowing that if you talk to this person, it might go horribly. You might not have anything in common except this one mutual context. It's critical for creating these long-term relationships, having that reason to meet. This is why... People feel, at least in the U.S. culturally, it feels weird to just go up to a random stranger on the street. There's no mutual context there. There's no reason for you to be interacting. You need that. And so when you're in school and you're growing up, it's extremely easy to make friends. When you have a full-time job and you're in person in the office, it's extremely easy to be friends with your coworkers, which is where a lot of people's friends group post-college come from. If you're in a running group or a book club or any of those things, it's extremely easy to make those friends. I didn't realize this. So one of the things that popped up very quickly is, oh, there's no actual vehicle for me to meet anybody. There is no mutual context with anything around here that I can lean on to make those connections. And it feels impossible to break through. So I started taking my own advice and I started finding groups, finding things to connect to, creating that mutual context. I volunteered for my first ever political campaign, the Sanders 2020 campaign, and I met some amazing people, like truly, truly inspirational, incredible people that were a part of this campaign. 
I joined a rock climbing gym or really a bouldering gym. I joined a kettlebell fitness routine gym. I'm really not even sure what to call it. Honestly, we swung kettlebells. It it was fun. I tried speaking to everyone I could and met some incredible people, even going so far as to try really connecting with my barber and my car dealer. People that were around my age who had maybe some similar interests, but at the very least, we had that mutual connection. And something that I didn't recognize while I was doing this was that there are different types of mutual context. Because when you're going through school, that's something that lasts a while. When you're at a job, that's something that lasts a while. When you volunteer for a political campaign, that only lasts until the end of the campaign. When you're at a barber, it only lasts until you walk out the door. When you're at the car dealership, it doesn't matter how cool this person is. It doesn't matter if you have a a good amount in common. That context only exists within the confines of that interaction, as opposed to the much more built-in mutual context that come with school, work, or a book club or a run club or things like that. We're meeting weekly to do this thing. I didn't realize that in the beginning. And so a lot of the people that I met, while they were incredible and, and they were people that I admire to this day, there was no reason to stay connected. Once that mutual context ended, there was nothing pushing us back together. And so we faded, just as every friendship does if there is no effort or no force moving you towards each other. We just faded. Life got busy. And then the last thing that happened that has made this more difficult than I ever thought it would be, of course, is the pandemic. I mean, you know the one, right? The the pandemic. Like, it's really difficult to make friends and to connect with people and to find your groups when you're all trying to avoid death or serious illness that is airborne. Like, it's not like, oh, that's COVID. I can point to it and just walk away. It's like it might be in the air. And so you avoid people for purely for safety and for the safety of their loved ones and your loved ones. And for the safety of larger society, you avoid people and you wear masks and you do all of the things that add distance between you and everyone around you. So even if you meet someone who might be cool or might be interesting, there's always going to be in the back of your mind that little wariness of like, do we want to do this right now? Maybe we should wait until the the pandemic is over. And for those of you who have been dating during this period of time, you know exactly what that feels like. And I'm going to be honest, this has been much harder than I thought it would be, but it's also had a much bigger impact on me than I thought. Because I grew up moving a lot. I struggled to make friends for the first eight years of my life. And so I thought, well, I'm used to it. I'm used to being alone. I'm used to not really connecting in any sort of deep way. And it turns out I wasn't. It's much harder to do that when you're an adult than when you're a child. It's much harder to exist and to work every day when you have no real connections as an adult. And I've seen this show up in my own life. I'm more depressed now than I've ever been. I'm more anxious now than I've ever been. I'm more irritable and easier to anger I'm, I'm losing my temper more often. I'm gaining weight no matter how much I work out or how well I eat. It's showing up in my real life. But don't worry. 
This isn't a pity party. I'm not here for your sympathy. I'm here to share lessons learned that I think can help you avoid the same pitfalls I made. Because there is light at the end of the tunnel, but there are some things you need to know going into it, whether you're just starting, whether you're moving to a brand new place with no connections, or whether you're just struggling to make connections in your regular life. There are some things you need to keep in mind. And the first of those is that you need to be brave. I know we talk about bravery in the context of relationships, right? Oh, wow, I I need bravery to go ask out this girl I like or this guy I like. We talk about bravery like that, but I actually think, and no, I don't think, I know, having gone through it myself, it takes just as much bravery to ask somebody to be your friend. It takes much as, just as much bravery to ask somebody to hang out with you, to let you into their world. And the rejection that comes with that is just as, if not more painful, because it's not one that we're used to. We grew up with mutual contexts being built for us through school, through work, through our family and their connections. We've never really had to build one for ourselves And so while we might be used to getting rejected in a romantic way, we might be used to getting rejected in anything other than a platonic relationship, we're not used to getting rejected for friendship. And it hurts. It really hurts. But you do have to be brave enough to take the step because that is the only way it happens. One big lesson I've learned is that if you want to build those connections, you have to force those connections to happen. That doesn't necessarily mean forcing it with any particular person. It means constantly going out there, putting yourself out there, trying to find those people who are your people, trying to make those connections. It's critical, but it's hard. That's the first lesson. Be brave enough to face that pain and still choose to walk towards it anyway. The second lesson is if you do meet someone that you do vibe with, Take that next step. Push to make something more stable out of it. There are plenty of people that I met at the Bernie Sanders campaign that I would love to be friends with today, but our context was short term. We connected over this event. We knew we were similar people because we supported the same candidate and we're working on that campaign. But all of our conversations were around that. We never took that next step to figure out what else do we have in common, to create that new mutual context. For example, had I met anyone there and been vulnerable enough, open enough to talk about the fact that I love anime or that I'm a podcaster or whatever it might be, had I taken that step, that doesn't mean that I'm going to connect with everyone there. But if there's one other person there who also loves anime or who also is a podcaster or maybe is just thinking of podcasting or listens to podcasting, that gives us mutual context. That gives us something that we can connect with outside of the confines of this one temporary situation. Because what ended up actually happening is that I wasn't brave enough. I wasn't vulnerable enough. I didn't share those things. We only talked about the campaign. And then as soon as the campaign ended, we all went our separate ways. And I'm sure there were people there that I could have been great friends with. But I didn't push for it. I didn't try to make it happen. Don't make that mistake. 
And the last piece of advice I want to give you is while you're going through this process, it's going to be painful. You're probably already feeling it. Stay as close and as connected to your old friend group and your family as you possibly can. Any sliver of connection that you have in your life is going to be a double-edged sword because it's going to feel like, one, it's not quite enough. Every time you talk to them over Zoom or FaceTime, you're going to feel like, ah, you just want to hug them. You just want to be there physically with them in the same room. You want to be in on the inside jokes. You want to connect with them deeper. You want to share the struggles of what you're going through. You're going to feel that and it's going to highlight it for you. Connecting digitally only shines a light on the fact that you're not connecting physically that you're not in the real world together. But, and this is an important one, it's going to keep you sane long enough to find those connections. I can't tell you how important it's been to stay connected with my family, to stay connected with my, my digital uh, network, my digital community during this process. I might be losing my mind, but I would be so much worse off had I not had that. So while you're going through this process, don't go internal. Don't curl up in a corner and feel like, what's the point? And don't walk away from the groups that you already have. They might not feel like enough, but they're still there for you. They still love you. They still want to support you. So I hope that helps. If you are looking for your own digital community to support you as you try to find that physical community, I encourage you to join the TLBC community. You can find us on Discord or click the link in the description of this episode. Or of course, you can head over to tlbc.co slash community. It is all listeners of this show as well as our other network shows. You can connect with me directly, connect with Heather of Happy Brain directly, share feedback on the shows, connect with each other, support each other's goals, and help each other through this process of personal improvement. tlbc.co slash community to learn more. Thank you so much for listening today or watching or whatever it is you're doing. And as always, remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. Every day.